being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. We're talking about overcoming an affair. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting show because there's a lot to this topic, and this topic is pervasive uh, throughout the world. And uh, some societies believe in monogamy, some societies don't, some religions believe in it, some don't. And so the bottom line is this topic is extremely complex, and it comes with lots of, uh, of situations and lots of issues, especially in a blended culture such as the United States. And, and that goes for any country, actually, in the, in the world, especially any democratic country in the world. So we're going to talk about cheating and non-monogamy. You know, whether – here's the bottom line is when it comes to therapy is whether a marriage survives an affair depends on how healthy the marriage was to begin with and how long the affair lasted. And the last factor is the manner in which it was discovered. If it was discovered by the partner who's been violated – there's a good chance that there's going to be a lot of obstacles to overcome. If it's something where the partner comes forward, it's not that there's going not going to be a lot of barriers to overcome. There are, and some of them may never be overcome. But the issue is you got a better shot at it when the partner that has had the affair is forthcoming. Uh, you begin to establish uh, trust which is extremely imperative when you're trying to fix a marriage. You know, there's a distinction between uh, cheating and non-monogamy. You know, cheating is about the violation of a contract. And uh, people misunderstand me because they think I'm saying affairs are okay. But no, I, I do think examining monogamy is our next frontier because the divorce rate is well over 64%. And in some segments such as police, fire, uh, and and uh, military, and, and I could cite several other careers, uh, you're going to find the divorce rate well up into the 80s and the 90s, which is huge. And so just the discussion of monogamy and non-monogamy is a very sensitive topic for everyone from a values perspective, from a religious belief perspective, but it is, it is a warranted discussion, and I'm not going to advocate non-monogamy once again. I, I really work, my whole career is working trying to keep marriages together, monogamous marriages together. However, there are some people that come that do not have them, and I work on those too. You know, as far as most research, the most frequent two reasons had to do with sex that people have affairs. They either felt their marriage was sexually satisfying and wanted more, or uh, they were feeling like there was not enough sex. The, the next, uh, as far as studies are concerned, the next two reasons reflect emotional needs. Now, there's a thing called an emotional affair. Many people think of an affair as physical. However, the most detrimental affair actually can be the emotional affair where someone seeks validation from another person outside the marriage. They seek that in comfort and in, in uh, love in some regards. And basically, they develop this dialogue of trust that should be with their partner, but their energy is misspent with somebody who's not. And that is called an emotional affair. And that can steal a marriage just as quickly as a physical affair, sometimes more greatly because that partner has been replaced by someone else. Um, you know, one of the least uh, frequent reasons in engaging in affairs had to do with love, either falling out of love with their partner or falling in love with the new partner. Affairs aren't necessarily about love whatsoever. It's actually the use of another person, uh, which can be rather... Uh, nasty situation. You know, the, the, 
as far as partners cheating on their spouse primarily for sex, uh, emotional sustenance, or love, another issue is called revenge sex. Now, revenge sex, you know, this is people seeking an affair because they were trying to get back at their own partners who had already cheated on them or treated them bad, abused them, whatever caused them to feel the sense of vengeance. They wanted to hurt their partner more than anything in this world. And so they go out and they have what is called revenge sex. Now, again, this seems understandable, but it is uh, a violation of the contract of marriage. And so nearly uh, 20% of married people who've had an affair are also into sensation-seeking behavior. There are a lot of very immature, impulsive people who claim to be sex addicts or whatever. And by the way, I don't believe in that term. I think it's a, it's a cop-out. But the deal is, is there are about 20% of married people who have had an affair just sensation-seeking. They had no excuse. They're just sensation-seeking, bored, and they have no way to fill their needs. So they go out and they cause trouble in their life. Anyone, male or female, uh, th- can feel that sex or an emotional intimacy are missing from their relationship and, and seek either both or in an affair. And, and in several studies, the lack of sexual desires between man and woman in a marriage has caused an affairs. And so sex is a very critical component of therapy and of conversation and communication, yet is the one thing that many people avoid talking about, especially when they're not having sex. They avoid the conversation completely. Now, here are the feelings that come forth, and this is by research, after an affair. And and this runs the full gamut from positive to negative emotions. On the positive side, people who cheated for sexual reasons tend to be emotionally satisfied with the outcome. They also felt more energetic about life in general and felt they are becoming emotionally more open. The price they paid for feeling more alive and open was guilt, shame, and disappointment. And that comes with not being able to trust themselves and the loss of their integrity, which there is no price for those. The unfaithful weren't disappointed with themselves, and this is from studies, but with the partners for not making them more satisfied and with the fact that the affair didn't bring them as much satisfaction as they thought it would for all of the chances that they took. You know, anxiety over being caught, fear of abandonment by extramarital partner, jealousy and depression were other undesirable emotions that happened after affairs, according to studies. However, many of the participants said they felt no negative emotions whatsoever. Now, that is not the case when the partner finds out. If the partner is to find out they were cheating, suddenly there becomes enormous waves of negative emotions, especially when the partner wants to have vengeance on them and the person they had the affair with. All the things that happens after that comes with the negative emotions. But people just keeping it to themselves... They feel a lot of horrible things about themselves, but they are not disappointed and they feel justified in some ways. And so that is what people do when their emotional decision-making is happening. They justify emotional decisions with logic. And quite frankly, the two don't go together. However, one common theme that was found in studies is that the accuser of having an affair is usually the one considering or doing. That means while someone is conducting an affair themselves, they're sitting around accusing the other partner basically to run their defenses up and get them on guard while they're having the affair, while the person accusing is actually having the affair. Affairs are born out of insecurity. And the people who conduct them are fragile people who lack trust in themselves and the integrity they falsely portray. And this is what happens in affairs. People become someone they are not. They become a lie. They become a lie to their partner. They become a lie to themselves. So here are the many reasons people have affairs. And I've heard this in counseling so many different times. Once again, the lack of sex. Um, Some people just desire additional sexual encounters. I've heard this so many times. This was a relatively um, frequent uh, reason. It's just they want more sex, but they want it with more people. And my question to them is, why would you enter a monogamous relationship and put your integrity and trust at stake when you cannot hold up the relationship and what you agreed to do? 
Also, lack of emotional satisfaction in their primary relationship. You know, emotional uh, uh, intimacy is nearly as compelling as sex. You know, participants who who uh, participate in studies uh, regarding reasons having an affair basically claim they need a lot of emotional closeness. And I hear this in counseling on a continuous basis, that their connection with their partner is no longer there. The empathy, the compassion, the feelings that they once had with their partner, they don't communicate the same. I've even heard people say countless times, we just don't communicate at all. And by doing that, you're basically ending your relationship. Also, there are a lot of people whose love language is validation. Validation is something that people are very prideful in saying, I don't need validation. I don't need somebody to tell me how great I am. But the truth is that it may be their lung language. That may be what they desire more than anything. That may be the absolute need that they must have. And yet they're not getting it from their partner. Their partner never educates themselves to understand their partner needs emotional validation. Therefore, they are lonely and they seek. And that does not justify their action. Also, people say they fall out of love. Well, you know, I would tell you that people fall in and out of love in marriage on a continuous basis. That's the process of marriage. And that is something that we all end up having to deal with and work through. And it takes a lot of strength to work through that. But you, you, when you get things back together, you value what you have more than anything. And you develop a resiliency that even when you go through the lows, you can get back to the highs. That's something you want to overcome in a relationship, not let sink you. Also, uh, many people are just curious. And, uh, you know, people want, they have this motivation that uh, they have some kind of contest uh, to, to measure their sexual prowess. You know, some people enter their midlife crisis and they want to know, do I still have it? You know, whatever. But the deal is, is that it just crashes their life. It's a risky venture and it's not for the faint of heart. You know, uh, some say dopamine is the released from lying and hiding. And that people actually get satisfaction out of that. And I'm not surprised at it because dopamine is your pleasure uh, uh, chemical in your brain that is in most antidepressants. And people that are depressed will sometimes try to find stimulation and that ends up being an affair, something a secret, uh, something they're lying about. It's a game within themselves and it causes high levels of dopamine. As a matter of fact, that is the main chemical that causes an addiction to sports, which is the need for dopamine. Many people that are addicted to sports are depressed. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about monogamy. We're going to talk about affairs and we're going to talk about how to fix it. So I hope everybody is listening. I hope you're having a great day. Please come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Hey, this is Dr. Gary Bell. We're talking about uh, overcoming an affair. And uh, affairs happen in relationships. They happen in marriage. They happen all over the place, and they happen all over the world. There's something that is extremely pervasive uh, throughout all uh, coupleship throughout the world, and it is something that is extremely difficult. It's one of the most difficult issues to actually get through. And believe me, I've been doing marriage counseling for nearly 15 years, and I have worked through my share of affairs with people, and I've had an enormous success rate, which is good. Um, however, there are some that just never make it. And, uh, you know, it, it all depends on the strength of the couple, their communication, their resilience, and their desire to get back together. Um, I really do not care the motivation is the kids or the motivation is to get their security back or to to uh, try to make it work, but they don't have the feelings because you can develop that throughout counseling. Um, it is hard if people never have had feelings for each other, never have had a sexual relationship that is good. It is very hard to fix something like that. However, um, people that have had it and lost it, it is not as hard. You know, up to about 200 years ago, couples generally married for genetic monogamy, proof of genetic monogamy, meaning their family name, in order to pass down their farmlands, their sheep, their inheritances. Uh, this monogamy was necessary to ensure that no one cheated outside of the family lines and that the property ownership stayed within the male lineage. And once again, just 200 years ago, we've been around for 150,000 years. Uh, 200 years ago, it was just monogamy was important just for family name. And uh, as you know, prostitution is one of the oldest uh, businesses in the world. You know, today, we marry not only to share property, but for love and desire. Uh, the hope for married partners is that we share that desire and that love until death. Although, uh, for over half of us, love wilts on the vine before we're anywhere near death or even old age. Some remarry and choose to, to uh, serial monogamy, remarrying over and over and over again, creating a commitment to another spouse. Then they have a second marriage, and then they have a third marriage. Third marriages are even less successful. So as you go down the line of how many marriages you have, you also have a narrower window of success, meaning that the marriages don't last as long as a person continues to marry and marry and marry. You know, uh, monogamy in a recent study at Oxford University looked at the rate of infidelity by the length, now here's interesting, by the length of ring fingers compared to index fingers. And they found a slightly higher number with 62% of men and 50% of women being prone to infidelity compared to 57% of men and 47% of women with shorter ring fingers. So, if your ring finger is larger than your index finger, it indicates a level of hormone, which is called testosterone, that the developing fetus is exposed to in the womb. And the longer the ring finger compared to the index finger, the higher the level of, of uh, testosterone. And Oxford University rationalized a higher statistical correlation for cheating. However... The correlation is not the same as causation. And you all should exercise caution here before you demand your, your partner's finger sizes. You know, before you're looking at that, what you really want to understand is there's also causation. There's environmental causes rather than just genetic causes. Also, um, they, they say that oxytocin affects pair bonding. And in, in inhibitions of oxytocin, which is a stress-driven uh, 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 hormone, uh, that they're chemical, it, if it's lower, it's interesting that when human females are stressed, they have lower rates of oxytocin. 
which means that their sexual desire is a lot less. Therefore, um, monogamy also may be a lot less in those type of relationships where the partner, one partner has a low rate of oxytocin. You know, there may be actually a cellular or genetic basis for some monogamy. That's what studies have said, at least based on Oxford University. You know, we live in a culture where over 64% of married people get divorced. And many of these marriages, perhaps as many as a third, end because of infidelity. And does this mean that as, as a society we're not committed to monogamy? You know, some people assume that infidelity is a symptom of some fundamental problem from a marriage or a committed relationship and ignoring the more important problem of whether monogamy is even possible for the average person, maybe half of us are just really bad at choosing our partners. And I can tell you, there are a lot of people, in my opinion, that have really bad pickers for what they really need. Uh, there's a lot of people that pick really crappy partners at, that are not complementary to their life, to their lifestyle, to their choices, to their family, to even, to even their you know, compatibility or partnership. It's sad, but some people pick uh, one thing, which maybe looks over everything else, and they end up finding that they're not happy after that person gets old and begins to wear down and their, their, uh, their honeymoon phase ends. However, it seems we're not, we're, 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 we aren't very good at choosing our lovers. Only 10% of affairs last even a month, and the rest last at most a year or two. Very few extramarital affairs last longer than three or four years. Now, I've known some people that have had affairs for, for many, 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 many years. However, they are very, very hard to find. That is not a normal thing. You know, open relationships is a thing that we have to discuss, and that is when people are choosing to be non-monogamous yet being married. You know, some have suggested... Um, that given the steady uh, divorce rate, we have a new generation of people who have open marriages. And uh, this is called a term, I think it's called polyamory. Uh, poly meaning many and amory meaning love, where couples choose to define their own structure of forms of monogamy, which I call basically a, a non-monogamous relationship. There are many people in this culture because of the gay uh, revolution people coming out of the closet, people embracing a gay lifestyle that have discovered that they're bisexual. Um, and it's surprising to me when I do counseling that I find people that are both ways in a relationship and share that with their partner. There are a lot of people who do go to clubs and places and vacation spots where they are with other people while they're there on a vacation and they choose to do that and if they choose to do that with a, as a couple they have every right to do that because there's nothing in this culture that says you cannot um, there is in the religious culture there is in legal cultures in many ways but that uh, this is free will here in the United States and people can do this and there's free will all over the world where people do this um, in some ways, it's kind of brave that people have an open relationship because at least they're being on honest that they're not being monogamous with their partner. And uh, that can be a good thing. But the thing that has to happen is they have to have really good communication. And they have to be both agreeable to the fact that both of them may have a uh, a relationship outside of the relationship with each other. They may they may have to understand their values very very well. They need to also really come to grips with the idea that seeking pleasure for each other is a good thing and that sex is contained in some regards with some people. And that's kind of a scary concept, but some people can put sex into non-making love terms where they put it in a box and basically it's just self-satisfaction. It's no more than uh, 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 masturbation in some regards. You know, they, they work well. Palamori uh, uh, works well for couples who tend to see emotional commitment as the monogamy criteria for their relationship. If they feel that emotional commitment is more important than the sexual relationship, then 
infidelity can come into the picture once again with good communication. And once again, I am not endorsing this lifestyle. I'm just communicating about this lifestyle because it exists out there. And a lot of people commit themselves to these kind of relationships. I would also tell you open relationships do have a high divorce rate because sometimes that emotional relationship cultivates between that new partner or those new partners rather than each other. And sometimes couples don't feel the same about it. Some people will go into a open relationship like a, a wife or a husband may go into it because their partner wants to and all of a sudden they lose their feeling for that partner. You know, the, there are millions and millions of people who are on websites also and websites uh, on the internet, cybersex, pornography, it is there in plentitude. So many people can sit there and actually go through a myriad, myriad of choices about their uh, various and potential partners and fantasize. And, and for the first time in history, we can actually cheat on our partner lying in bed next to them on our laptop and handheld devices. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but I've heard gazillions of people tell me, and I don't mean gazillion. okay, Thousands of people have told me that their partner has cheated on them in a relationship while they were both sitting on the couch. I cannot tell you how many times people have communicated that to me. You know, so cheating itself is murky. And what do people consider cheating? You know, is cheating looking at pictures of people you don't even know and masturbating? Is cheating uh, chatting with somebody or flirting with somebody? Well, for many people, that is the truth. That is cheating. You know, monogamy is becoming more complicated uh, now that uh, our times are split off, our, our, our lives are compartmentalized. We have very uh, hard time spending time in a marriage together, especially if you have children. So the challenge is to keep at least some of our attention focused on our partner and find things that keep our relationship alive and passionate. And here's a way to practice it. Once a day, at least text your partner in appreciation. Tell them something you like about them that is special and unique to them. Even better, do it in person when you get home. As couples try to maintain intimacy with each other in a committed relationship, staying attached and faithful doesn't have to be a challenge. Together, you can create a relationship that's satisfying for both of you, regardless of cultural norms. Whether the terms are explicitly stated, agreed on, willingly, you know, vital to this type of monogamy is honest and authentic communication. And many people lack that. But you want to have that with your partner if you want to preserve it and keep it strong. You may have to talk more openly than you ever have about your needs, your desires, but the future of your marriage or committed partnership depends on your communication. And I tell this to couples all the time, communicate, communicate. Even if you don't like what you're hearing, you've got to be willing to hear. And that means that you don't get defensive. You listen you listen and listen. The listening partner is the strongest partner in the relationship. If both of you are good listeners, your relationship will grow. You know, you want a relationship that's satisfying. Even, even if you haven't made up your mind if monogamy works for you, talking openly can help you decide as far as if you want to have a monogamous relationship or not or where this relationship is headed. Monogamy is a term that all people should negotiate before they get married. I think some people assume monogamy comes with marriage just based on the vows that they take. But I think many people come into the marriage with a mindset of their history. If they had parents that were having affairs, if they've had friends that have had affairs, if they've watched people cheat in marriages, maybe they have a different standard than they are actually willing to communicate or even uh, agree to do when they're taking their vows. And so the deal is, is that many people follow role models that may not be healthy for us, and they may say what society believes is okay, but they may have an internal belief that's different. So monogamy is not just a commitment you take at the, at the altar. Monogamy is something you discuss before you get married in every possible way or before you jump into a committed relationship. If your partner has had an affair, there are things you can do to discuss these issues in your relationship, how how any past affair has affected you and what each of you want from your 
relationship. If you've ever had affairs happen to you in the past before entering a marriage or a long-term relationship, you want to talk about how those affairs affected you. You want to go through that process, and you certainly want to let your partner know how you've reacted to it. You know, human relationships are complicated, and once again, communication is everything. So, if you were cheated on, if you were cheated on, it's absolutely vital for you to move forward with life and love. That means actually open yourself up to love. Be willing to trust again. That is key. Take things one step at a time. Don't try to make sense out of nonsense. Rationalize your cheating spouse's behavior or partner's behavior or sympathizing with them is pointless. It's never okay to go outside your relationship if you've agreed to be monogamous to solve problems within a relationship. And here's the biggest deal. So many people that have been cheated on think it's their fault. No, it is a problem with your partner. It is a problem that they have. It wasn't about you. It is about them and the hole in their life that they don't fill for themselves and they choose to fill with other people because they don't want to look at themselves and what they've committed to. Time heals nothing. It's what you do with the time that matters. So if you're going to say we're just going to ignore it and not talk about it, that's not a good thing. You don't want to do that. You want to talk about the issue. People that avoid affairs tend to get divorced. And so the deal is I keep bringing people back to the affair when they are healing from an affair so that we can talk it through and continue to go through the stages of grieving that are involved in that and the love and the coming back together and the forgiveness necessary and the ability to move on with their lives. Also, if you were cheated on, remember that it's better to be healthy alone than sick with someone else. If you need alone time, if you need to be out of the relationship, then do it. Do it for yourself because you want to be healthy. And when you're healthy, you're able to see all points of view. You know, if your partner wants back in, they're going to have to earn their way back into the relationship. They're going to have to renegotiate the relationship in a way that works for both of you. That means that they have to be willing to ask for your faith and eventually earn your trust. There, There comes a point when you may want to draw the line, say, that's it, I'm done. I'm not mad at you. I, I withdraw my feelings. I withdraw my emotions. You just don't do whatever you're going to do because I, I just don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to live in the fear that you're going to have an affair. I, I don't want to stay together for the children. You know, I'd rather our children live in a broken home with one healthy parent than two parents that aren't healthy together. You know, they're, they're better off with, well, you know, one adjusted, happy, thriving parent. And, and uh, you know, cheating, lying, fighting, and living with stress and pressure is not a way to go for kids. It's very hurtful for them. So that hard choice may have to be made. And the real deal is the real factor that as far as people being able to get through an affair is forgiveness. Some people have the ability to forgive and some people don't have the ability to forgive. And if you don't have the ability to forgive the affair may affect the rest of your relationship for the rest of your life, even if you choose to stay together. If there's a child born of infidelity, understand your spouse will forever have a relationship with that child of another parent. And you have to make a decision if you were cheated on whether you want to resolve that or not. These are things that confront a person who has been cheated on. Also, the capacity for diseases is enormous in affairs because many times they're so impulsive, they jump in bed and then they check later and find out, guess what they got. Okay, we're going to talk about the person having an affair, how to protect your relationship. We're going to go on into Facebook and its effect on marriage and then rekindling that love. I hope everybody's listening and come back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. 
You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at DRGDMFT for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The boardroom to the bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about affairs and overcoming the affairs. And now we're getting to the meat and potatoes of this whole program, which is about how to get this thing back together. You know, the deal is, is the person that had the affair, uh, they have to be real. They're, they have to own what they did. And many people don't take, they want to blame the other person. If you didn't do this, you didn't listen to me. You know, the deal is if you're going to have an affair and you're in a monogamous relationship, you've already asked for a divorce. And your relationship as it used to be is over. It's not going to be the same. And, and the issue is, is that many people want it to be the same after and their partner's feelings to come back and they want to be treated the same and all that stuff, but it doesn't happen. It's a new relationship. Once you've had an affair and that's been revealed to your partner who's been violated, ultimately you've got to own the whole responsibility without excuses. And many people lack the courage to do that. I I hear people that have had affairs go on and on and on with millions of excuses, but the deal is, is you just need to own it. And that means you also need to reveal all the truths and answer the questions of your partner keeping things out and some people are on the fence about this some people say don't do it some people say do do it I say no secrets I really do I found that people that do have secrets don't realize how in the day and age that we're in people have the ability to find out what the truth is I mean there's security cameras everywhere we got the internet there's people all over there's ways to find out information uh, if you want it and, uh, you know, people that sneak off into a hotel think that they're not on camera in places in the hotel. The truth is you are. And the truth is that stuff can be available if it's, if it's wanted. And so, you know, your partner is going to investigate. Your partner is going to try to find out what you did because they need to know what you did. And the more honest you are about what you did in every detail, the better off you're going to be in the long run because they run out of gas. But if you keep a lot of open questions where you've never actually given them the information, it doesn't go away in their mind. They continue investigating. So if you want a lifelong investigation about how dishonest you are, and if you don't want to rebuild the trust, then keep secrets. If you want to rebuild the trust, then just open the crypt and tell them what they need to know. And I know that is a very hard thing to do. But it's a very necessary thing to do if you're committed to make that relationship come back together. And the truth is, they may not be able to take what they hear. And you have to realize that when you had the affair, you asked for a divorce. That is the bottom line. You violated your contract. The contract of your marriage is no longer valid. And so right now, at that point, after an affair, you're basically at square one in that relationship as to whether or not you want to go on as a couple. So here's the deal. If you've had the affair, own the problems that you created by having an affair. You can't change what you don't acknowledge. Also, it's unfair to compare a new, exciting, taboo fantasy to relationship to one you've been in for years where there are kids, bills, a house, 
uh, noses to wipe all kinds of messes to make dog poop in the backyard. You know, it's ridiculous comparison. So when you're sitting there comparing your spouse to a new partner, they don't compare. There's no way your partner, your your, your married partner or committed partner is going to look good to an affair. In order to resolve your relationship and, and contact with the other person has to be cut off 100%. You can't work on dealing with the consequences of an affair while you're still in it. If you're communicating in one way or another, it is uncalled for. It is, it is out of the question that this relationship you're in is going to grow. You also don't rely on your heart to tell you what to do. Rely on your intellect. Do what the logic tells you is the right thing to do because ultimately if you depend on your feelings, you're going to regret your choices. Make the hard decisions. Either leave the marriage to free your partner and give them the respect back of their life or check out of the relationship or check back in and put both feet in the relationship. Don't look back and start working on it with your partner. But you have to realize if your partner has been violated, they may not have the capacity to take you back. And so you run that risk. Even if you go through counseling, even if you do a million things to try to get them back and to forgive you, they may never be able to get past the affair. And you have got to help understand and be willing to let them go because you let them go the minute that you had intercourse with someone else. Also, you, and, and I'm not saying just intercourse, I'm talking about emotional relationships also where you're chatting with each other and flirting and doing all that crazy stuff. You know, you have to be, if you've had the affair, mature enough to recognize that life is not always all about you. And what feels good for you in the moment isn't necessarily good for your life. You know, if you're married and have children, you have an obligation and commitment that far transcends what you feel. You know, help your partner who did not have the affair. Find emotional closure. You must do whatever it takes until your partner finds it. If it requires you to check in with your spouse multiple times a day, then do it. You know, you're going to have to be there for them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so your spouse can trust you again and you do it until they are done. And, and many people don't like that. They're like, can't you get over it? I, I mean, we've been through this. It's been eight months. It's been a year. No, grieving takes about three years. And, it, and that's not a hard number either. But for the average person, it's about three years. This affair may take them three to five years to be able to get back to trust with you, if they can at all, and if they have the capacity to forgive. You know, if a child was born in your infidelity, you'll have to contact with that, that uh, other person at all times. That means you're going to have to have some involvement in that other person's life, and your partner may not be willing to intercede in that relationship with that other person you had an affair with. You know, that is something that is extremely difficult. And, uh, and it's not the child's fault if you had a child out of infidelity. It's something you have to step into. But you can't force your spouse to forgive you. And they may move on. You know, and if they don't, they are a beautiful person. And they are able to have a lot of strength uh, to support you. And there must be something of, uh, of, of good uh, material in that relationship that's going on. You know, um, if your marriage is over and you have children, understand that your relationship with your ex will never end. You will always be co-parents of your children. And if you move on from an affair and decide to separate, you have to be allies for your children. You know, you have to understand we have to invent a new healthy. If we're not going to be married anymore, then we don't need to discuss the affair anymore. We need to discuss how to parent our children because the affair is no longer important if you're getting a divorce. So here's how to protect your relationship. You, you know, if you want to affair-proof your marriage, you have to understand and you have to accept, I cannot control my partner's behavior. That's critical. If my partner chooses to have an affair, I cannot control that. I'm in a faith-based institution called a marriage or a relationship. And in that relationship, I have to have faith that my partner is there because they want to be. And if you're going to sit around questioning whether your partner is in the relationship for you or in the relationship fully, then you may as well not be in the relationship because it's miserable being with someone you have to investigate. 
You know, if you're in an, a relationship and you feel your partner is having an affair, maybe it is time to either confront them or end it because you may be too insecure to be in the relationship yourself. And uh deal is you just can't control your partner. You're going to have to either have faith in them that they're not having an affair and that they're doing what they agreed to do, or you're going to mistrust and spend your whole life arguing with each other. You know, if, if you suspect your partner's having an affair, remember that people who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. Look for common sense warning signs, a shift in patterns, accessibility, money, reliability, secrecy, a, a sudden great interest in, in, in how they dress, going to the gym, putting on cologne. Uh, remember not to accuse your partner because of unhealthy jealousy. You do not want to put trust a trust issue in your relationship unless you have the facts. You know, if you don't have the facts, don't confront your partner until you do. Don't confront your partner unless you have the facts. Do not attack the trust of your relationship unless you want to argue for no reason. You know, you want, if you're having problems in your relationship, to protect it, you want to turn toward your partner, not away from them. You absolutely cannot fix a problem inside a relationship by turning outward. That does not, all it does is create problems. It's not constructive. Don't play games in your head. It's a short step uh, from thought to action. If you're, if you're playing games like, okay, I think he's having an affair with this girl at the baseball field where our kids play baseball because he talks to her, blah, 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 blah. Don't play games with it. Just put yourself in the situation and see what's going on. Observe, but don't participate. Try to observe what's really happening. Once again, there should be no secrets in a relationship. None. None at all. Period. And so any partner should be able to walk in and out of their partner's life without any discomfort at all. Don't confuse reality with fantasy in a relationship. We often forget that there's a difference between falling in love and being in love. You can't expect a love that grows to be like it was on the first date. And this leads to people having affairs on a constant basis because that honeymoon phase is so toxic. It's loaded with dopamine. But the deal is, over the long term, the security and the, fan and the, 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 the fantasy can grow with each other if you develop your communication and your friendship and your love for each other. If you want a good partner, you have to be a good partner. You have to put 100% in your marriage. You know, if your marriage is in a rut, you know, bored people are boring. You know, find a passion. Get energized. Go play golf together. Go take a vacation. Go do some things. Rediscover each other. Do things that both of you love doing or do something that one of you loves doing and then do something that the other one likes to do. Go to a concert. Go see a comedian. Do something fun. You know, get out. Go to a theme park. Go to Disneyland. Do something, but break the monotony. You can't just expect your, your marriage to be fresh all the time if you're not going out and doing things. You know, you have to work on your marriage every day, not just the bad times. You have to do it during the good times. You have to wake up each day and ask yourself, what can I do today that will make my marriage better? You know, you want to make a plan and rene renegotiate your relationship. You know, if you feel like you got off track, get back together. Figure out how you're going to make it better. What are the problems? And put it on paper and talk about it. And also, this is the one thing that a lot of people don't do in their relationship. And I tell you, I've been guilty of this too, and that's not taking care of yourself. You know, you need to eat healthy, exercise, and look your best. Feeling good about yourself will radiate, and your spouse is going to notice it. It is very depressing to be with a spouse that is not taking care of themselves. It's depressing, and it's very hard on you to watch your partner disintegrate. You know, you have to be have a relationship that's based on solid, underlying friendship. Friends talk. They laugh. They share. They do things they're interested in together. They, they are in tune with each other. They stop being, if you want to stop being friends because you're each other's spouse, you're doing your relationship in an enormous destructive uh, pattern. You want to be best friends. Your relationship has to meet the needs of two people. You know, you can't just meet the needs of one. And those that of you that are codependent, shame on you. You need to have your needs met too. 
You know, you have to set boundaries with each other and say, this is what I'll put up with and this is what I won't. The people that are in 50-year relationships are willing to set boundaries and tell each other what they will accept and what they won't accept. And they're willing to accept the consequence of a divorce if that's what the case is because they won't participate. Now, here's the deal. And I'm going to talk about Facebook very quickly. You know, there are so many people that get on Facebook and have developed, they go down uh, memory lane, they develop an emotional affair with somebody from their past, they start romanticizing about their past and when they were high school sweethearts or when they were friends and all that, or I wish I was with you back then. And it's, it's very awkward and creepy. And I would tell you that Facebook has put a fork in enormous amounts of relationships. The, the hookups with sweethearts, college lover, former hookups, they pop up all the time and they ask to be friends and then there's a million excuses. Who's this person? And oh, it's just a friend from the past. I'm sorry, but those are dangerous. And if I were you, I wouldn't have it. You know, social media is extremely destructive to a relationship, especially if you're on the rocks. You don't want to have secrets. And if you're going to be on social media, you need to be very upfront about your life currently. You need to state your happiness. Even if you're not happy, you need to state your happiness with your partner. You you need to talk about your partner. You need to be extremely open if you're going to be on social media. Also, you need to let people know that today is not yesterday and I'm not where I used to be. I have to live in the life that I have today. And you need to set boundaries to know that you're not flirting with these people just because you had a relationship. You're just there to talk to them. But, you know, internet porn is the other one that uh, is huge. But Facebook friends and people that connect emotionally on Facebook is even more powerful than internet porn because it gets in their head because they've had history with those people. So I'm just saying caution, caution, be extremely uh, uh, careful about social media. Also, if you suspect that your spouse is having an affair, the best thing you can do is ask him or her to be very direct. Be very direct with them and say, are you emotionally or sexually involved with someone outside our marriage? You know, you need to ask that question directly, and you also need to have why you believe in that. But I will tell you this. If you feel your relationship's on the rocks or if you've seen an affair in your relationship, I advise you to get therapy immediately and make sure you find someone, and it may be three, four, five people, but find someone that gels with your relationship. Okay, that's our show. Uh, Absurd Psychology is next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Our next show is Failure to Launch Live at Home Adult Children. Other words, scrubs. (laughs) Raising scrubs. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. DRGBMFT at SBCGlobal.net or Twitter at DRGBMFT. Remember, you know your relationship is stale when your partner says, "I I I wish you could last as long in bed as you do when you argue. Also, men are born between a woman's two legs and spend the rest of their lives trying to get back there. This is Gary Bell, Absurd Psychology. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.